Bangor Worldwide has been promoting and supporting World Mission for over 85 years. Our podcasts are free of charge. You can find out more about us at www.worldwidemission.org. We hope you enjoy this talk. I just can't take any more of it. I can't, I can't take any more of it. There must be more to life than this. I was partying here to all hours last night. Don't remember going home. Then into work this morning where people were talking at me all day. What's the purpose in it all? Now I'm back here tonight again. Why? I'm looking for something and I just can't find it. I don't even know what it is. The more I look at it, the more I look for it, the less I seem to know what it is. People just don't seem to understand or care. Where do I find real purpose in life? What do you want? Who are you? You're Christians? <laughs> you can't be serious. Don't you know what time of the night it is? Should you not be at home doing something important like sleeping or getting ready for church or something like that? What are you doing here anyway? Oh, I write God. He doesn't affect me much. God, I'm glad he gave me the free, right, free will to be an atheist. He's never done anything for me. He cares about me? I write. Nobody cares about me. Yeah, 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 I know about Jesus. He was good, and, and he, didn't, he didn't last long, but they didn't like what he said. What was the purpose in his life? He cared about me, and that's why he died? What do you mean? That's interesting. I never thought about it like that before. And that's why you're here at this hour of the morning, talking to me. I appreciate that, like, but, but, but why? Let me get my head around this. You say God really cares about me, and this is why you are here demonstrating that you care. At last, Christians who actually put some words into action. You want to buy me coffee? That's a good idea. Because I want to ask you some more questions about this God that you know. That's sort of the prequel to so many conversations that we have in around the entertainment areas in Belfast. And you know what? The big exciting thing about it is that God provides these opportunities. We don't have to go looking for them. God provides us with the opportunity to share his love with others. I want to start by saying I'm actually not really going to tell you what nightlight does. Because I don't think I've managed the 10 or 15 minutes. What nightlight does would take a very, very short time. I want to tell you tonight about what God is doing. And that for us in nightlight is the bottom line. It's not what we're about, not what we're at, but it's what he does. Nightlight's been working in the entertainment areas in Belfast for the past 15 years. 
and we have been amazed over and over and over again at what God is doing, how God has directed it. Oh yeah, we've spent time making our plans, we've spent time with our theories. In fact, it's almost become a joke at night light when we talk about theories because everybody just starts laughing. Because we've had our theories and our plans, but God has his plans. In fact, just lately we've almost come to the conclusion that our theories and our plans are just something that God lets us kick about while he's waiting for us to see what his plan is. Because in the things that we've been doing over the past 15 years, I don't think anything has worked out the way we planned. I don't think anything has worked out to fit our theories. And we can see so much in what his plan is and what has happened. If I could try tonight, this morning I looked round and I didn't recognise anybody in the meeting this morning from the Golden Mile area at half one or half two in the morning or the Odyssey in the similar time. Now I'm a wee bit restricted tonight because I can't see the people in the gallery very well because of the lights, but I'm sure there's not too many of them would be about the entertainment areas in Belfast in the early hours of the morning. So possibly what I'm going to share with you is something of an alien culture. We were talking earlier in the week about different lots of people that we work with, and I think it was actually Eddie came up with the phrase that you're working with different tribes. So maybe during this missionary convention, that's a good term to use. And I'll maybe share with you about some of the contacts we have had with these tribes of people in the centre of Belfast not very far up the road. But for those of you who have never been there in the early hours of the morning, the Golden Mile area, which is the main entertainment area in Belfast and has been for the past 15 to 20 years. It's an area that lies between the back of the City Hall in Belfast and I suppose uh, the bottom of the Malone Road. It's an area a mile long. Currently there are, I think, 83 licensed premises in that area. But every Friday and Saturday night, the police reckon that up to 20,000 people come into that area. A wee bit more than we have here tonight. And the opportunities are there. Every one of those licensed premises, practically without exception, has a 1 a.m. license. So if you can imagine at half one in the morning, now I know people are starting to feel very sleepy already, even thinking about half one in the morning. I know I normally do. But at half one in the morning, all these licensed premises have closed and they've put people out on the street. And so you could have 20,000 people out on the streets. You've all been through Shaftesbury Square and Bradbury Place in Belfast at sensible times of the day. But there are actually more people there at half one on a Saturday and Sunday morning than any other time of the week. The other entertainment areas in Belfast the cathedral, sorry, the Odyssey complex, whereas the Golden Mile has developed over 20 years, the Odyssey complex has been a purpose-built area, which is now just coming up to 10 years old. In the Odyssey complex, you can have up to 7,000 people in the different uh, nightclubs, the multi-screen cinema, the bowling alley, the games arcade, and the restaurants. I think the biggest seating capacity of the arena, which is part of the complex, can be up to 13,000. A total of another 20,000 people 
okay, we've witnessed lately with the credit crunch that those numbers just aren't as big as they were, but yet lots and lots of people all coming out, like our friend earlier, to look for something. And in most cases, by the end of the night, not really having got it. The Cathedral Quarter. The Cathedral Quarter has been there for many years, but it's only in the past two or three years that it's suddenly mushroomed, going from, I think it was seven licensed premises to 26 licensed premises in the matter of just over two years. An area that's rapidly developing. And this is the sort of area that God has called us into. Well, the first thing we did when we went there, we scratched our heads. Where do we start in places like that? And we went out around the area basically to look and see what was happening. And the big theme was don't get involved in anything, just observe. And so we went out. But, you know, it didn't quite fit that theory. Back to that theory word again. We went out and we ended up talking to people. We ended up helping people. We ended up getting alongside them. And we ended up being questioned in much the same sort of questions as that person we started off with. Why are you doing this? Why are you here? Who are you? And you know what? It's so much easier to share your God when people are asking about him. You don't have to buttonhole people. You're responding to their questions. And it's absolutely amazing the number of times that people want to know more. It's interesting at half two or half three in the morning, people do not seem to be in a hurry home. They would stand and talk all night. And they want to know more. We went over to the Odyssey complex about five or six years ago. And we went along with the idea that we would do similar work to the work that the Lord had led us into in the Golden Mile area. And we looked at the thousands of people who come in to be entertained and we thought, well, there's a great opportunity, isn't it? And most nights we came away disappointed, not having talked to one person. Because they all went into the nightclubs or the restaurants or the cinema or the bowling alley. And we didn't see them again until one o'clock in the morning when they were getting thrown out. And there's nothing down about the Odyssey to keep people there. There's no hot food bars. There's nothing there. People just left and went home. And we didn't see anybody. We didn't get talking to anybody. Very disappointing. What was God planning for us there? Yet we thought we should be there. We went down one night and we'd been walking around. I think we were getting very much to the stage where we were saying, no, maybe it's not the right time. Unlike Don, who was up here earlier this evening, I'm an ex-police officer as well. And I have an awful habit when I walk around of looking for danger. And there were these two empty beer bottles sitting by the side of the footpath and I immediately lifted them. Now, I want to reassure you that I don't normally lift beer bottles either empty or full. But I know that beer bottles can become weapons later on at night. So I lifted them and I was taking them to the nearest bin. And as I got over to the bin, I was aware of someone else walking alongside me. And I turned around and there was the biggest security man you've ever seen. Now, I'm slightly challenged in my height, but he was about six foot four. But I was getting a crink in my neck looking up at him. And do you know what he had in his hand? Two beer bottles. And we were both doing the same thing. We were putting them in the bin. 
and we made a bit of a joke. Snap. What are you doing? Oh, well, these can be dangerous, these things. And he said, tell me about it. Last week, my colleague got 10 stitches in his face from a broken beer bottle, and I don't like to leave any line around. So we get into conversation. Not a conversation that we had planned. And as he went to walk away, I thought, there's an opportunity to say who we are to him. And I turned and I said to him, uh, maybe we should introduce ourselves. We're part of a group of Christians who work in the entertainment area. Oh, are you Snidelight? Well, my mouth fell open. I didn't expect that. Turned out, out of the 28 security men who were on that night, I was speaking to the one Christian who was a member of a Presbyterian church in East Antrim, whose minister had nightlight on their prayer topic list every midweek. And he had been working in the entertainment area as a security man for five years and had never come across nightlight. And it was suddenly he had discovered something that he had been looking for. Well, you couldn't plan to talk to the one Christian doorman who was on that night, could you? Within, within a matter of hours, we had been introduced to the other 27 who were on that night. We started to build up contact with them. We now have contact with the, I almost said bouncers, the door staff as they're known. We have contact with management. We have contact with bar staff. In fact, 70% of the work happening in the Odyssey complex is not with the people who are coming in to be entertained. They're working with the people who are working in the complex. That wasn't the theory. That wasn't part of our plan. But we do genuinely believe that it was his plan. There are so many stories and so many illustrations of how it's God's work, not our work. What can you do? Well, we want you to pray for the work. We want you to pray for what's going on in those three areas in Belfast. But also, it's one of the great encouragements for us that throughout the province, there have been other groups of churches or Christians who have set up similar work in their towns. And while we're not responsible for them, we do want you to pray for them because they're doing God's work in a way that's relevant in their towns. What else can you do? Well, I might like to see some of you around the entertainment areas in Belfast in the early hours of the morning. If you feel that's what God is leading you to, we would be only too glad to welcome you. Now, you may immediately start to duck under the pew in front of you, thinking, oh, I wouldn't want to be involved in something like that. That would be dangerous. That would be difficult. You'd have to be a special people, sort of person for that. Can I assure you that we have currently nearly 50 normal Christians, not super Christians with capes on or anything like that, normal Christians who just want to share God's love in a real and a meaningful manner working in Belfast. Can I just finish by reading a little letter that one of them sent after her first night out on the street? Hi folks, here's a brief summary of last Saturday night and my conversation with Jay. Patrick led the devotions before we went out on the street. He chose to read the story of Moses and the burning bush from Exodus. The verse that has always been significant encouraging, and encouraging to me is in chapter 4, verse 12. I will help you to speak and I will teach you what to say. 
That verse was one that I leaned heavily on later that night. A group of young people came up to the table for coffee. They were lovely people. They'd been out celebrating a family member's birthday. One of the young men was called Jay. We've used Jay to protect his identity. He engaged in conversation with me. We talked for well over an hour about many things, including his travels and where he had lived and his frustration with work. He then talked about the death of an uncle last year and the impact that that had had on him. I just listened as he talked. And he wept openly about the loss of his uncle. The conversation gradually moved on to spiritual things. He had a very good head knowledge of many things and had no hesitation in expressing his belief in God. We then talked about the beauty of nature and the wonders of the world that God had created. During this conversation, I had the opportunity to share with Jay in a simple way that Jesus, what Jesus Christ meant to me and that I accepted him as my saviour. Jay did not have much to say about this, and I, I, I felt that within his church background he had never been told of his need for salvation. We then talked about the beauty of the moon, which was at that point clearly visible through the clouds. See how good it is to do Christian work at night? You've got all the illustrations in place. I told Jay that I prayed that just as the moon reflected the sun's light, that my life would reflect in some small measure the Son of God, Jesus Christ. The conversation then moved on to the darkness of sin and that Jesus was the light of the world. Jay then went back to his conversation to the beauty back in his conversation to the beauty of nature, and he made the comment that we couldn't look directly at the sun without damage in our eyes. I then compared this with the holiness of God, and that we as sinners could not approach the holy God except through Jesus. Jesus was perfect and a complete sacrifice. I believe that this young man is seeking real peace in his life, and that only personal knowledge of Jesus can bring that. And I gently told him this. I shared with him his need for salvation. And I told him about sinners, the sinner's prayer that we must all pray. I asked him not to wait too long before he made that prayer. I would ask you to pray for Jay, that God, the Holy Spirit, would melt his heart. And they would soon make a decision to choose Jesus as a saviour. From Eileen. What more can be added that's not already said in that letter? When God uses normal Christians in a normal conversation, we can but be assured, strengthened and supported by the knowledge that God will help you to speak and will teach you what to say. Perhaps God is calling you to talk about him in your normal conversations. We're not all called to be out in the streets in the early hours of the morning. We're not all called to come into pulpits and platforms. But as Christians, we are called to be salt and to be light and to share him with others. More and more in nightlight, we are seeing and experiencing the understanding that it is not what we are doing, but it's what he's doing. I trust you'll experience the same in your lives.
We trust you've enjoyed this podcast. If you'd like to make a donation to support the work of Bangor Worldwide, please visit www.worldwidemission.org slash donate.